Hello, welcome to the first episode of the 36 Questions Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Anna. And we are a married couple. We are married. In real life. We're in love. You can tell, can't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we want other people to fall in love too. Um, Mm -hmm. The 36 Questions Podcast is based off a study by Arthur Aaron, uh, who would get total strangers together in a room, ask these 36 questions that made them more intimate, and they would hopefully fall in love yeah the first time he did this experiment he actually had two people go into a room they didn't know each other at all and they asked each other the questions he recorded kind of what happened and six months later they were married so we are hopefully trying to do the same and add a little bit more lightness and love to this uh terrible world (laughs) this terrible world huh? (laughs) dark (laughs) terrible time right um, and I think you'll you'll hear a lot of that from uh, Mamadou and Ashley here. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this was recorded right after the election. Yes, uh, it was. So it's talked about a lot, and I'm sure that a lot of you have some of the same feelings. Yeah, I, I, looking back at this podcast, Mamadou and Ashley had a lot of things in common that I didn't really expect them to, and it was, it got very real. Um, it got. You know, they talked about politics, they talked about relationships and their families, and it was one of the most interesting things to be in the room for. And I should just say that after we were done recording, the podcast ended up being four hours long just because they got along so well. So we had to go back and kind of cut it for time because no one's going to listen to a four hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they uh, had a lot of follow up questions to our questions. So it was really more of like the 72 question podcast. (laughs) They just kept asking questions. Yeah, they really kept going. Um, But they were very open people, so thoughtful, uh, two very intelligent people. And we are excited for you guys to to hear this conversation. We will let them introduce themselves. uh, But in the meantime, listen and see if they fall in love. All right. Question one, if you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be? Oh man, that is a hot question. Um, anyone in the world to dinner. Um, this seems like ridiculous, but um, I would invite probably Michael Jordan. Uh, go Bulls. Like, go Bulls. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, it's not just that, but I am a huge fan of the 1996 motion picture Space Jam. Oh. And I don't understand why that movie holds up so well, and it's so good. <laughs> uh, the 20-year anniversary was a few weeks ago, and I was so geeked. And I, I just, I, and I'm like, he's like one of the most, the richest people in the world, mm-hmm. and he just has made an empire off of these shoes. He doesn't have to, like... I, and I I want to learn more about him, like, from a personal level. Mm-hmm. I like we can read everything. Because there's been, like, different things about his life that have just been, like, very confusing. Like, gambling. He's, like, a big gambler. And on top of that, he also, like, had uh, a son who's involved in some sort of police brutality incident that I want to, like, learn about what his take on as a parent who's also in s- such in the public spotlight. Because mm-hmm. most of these families are, like, very small. But I want to hear, like, his take on that. Kind of, like, get to know them, get to know him. And... Get some free shoes. I don't know. Yeah, he probably would. He probably has a whole room where he's just like, thanks for coming by. Shoes. (laughs) Can I have one more for on the road? Yeah, that's probably what I do. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, um, I think about this a lot, uh, too much often. And my instinct is usually to go with a comedian. But in all reality, I would say, and this also seems like maybe uh, too on the nose for this, but uh, Cleopatra. I read 
First of all, I've been obsessed with ancient Egypt since I was a kid. I just think it's the coolest culture that's ever existed. Aliens or not, I think it's great. <laughs> um, and I read a biography by Stacey Schiff a f- few years ago that uh, painted this picture of how she had almost been a victim of historical sexism yeah. where people would comment on her. She would get, like, get to places like Italy, get to Rome, and people would be like, She's not that hot. How is she getting all these guys? Yeah. But she was also so savvy, just making all of these amazing deals and trades and, a, and a, a great political leader. And so I'm so fascinated by how she sort of, she, yes, used her sexuality and her femininity, but she was also incredibly brilliant and a savvy political leader. And that fascinates me to no end. So I would love to meet her. Question two? Yes. Let's see it. Question two, would you like to be famous in what way? In all honesty, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really hard to be famous, but I I would love to be famous in the same way that any satirical late night host is famous. Yeah. Like I say smart things about things that are happening yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. like, um, I love, I have a lot of respect for especially right now with what people like John Oliver are doing, we're taking almost mundane topics or seemingly mundane and backing them, backing this whole basically research paper with tons of jokes. And I think being able to communicate information that people easily ignore Mm -hmm. by making it funny is my absolute goal. And if I was famous because I got a lot of people to listen to me, that would be very rewarding to me. Yeah. Uh, But I would also like the same level of fame where maybe in some places I could go out and people yeah. wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually am 100% in agreement with you. I want that sort of like, uh, it's like we're known for like being smart, not known yeah. for like playing a sport or like anything like that. I want to be like known for like being an intelligent like comedian. Yeah. Uh, and I also love John Oliver. I love Stephen Colbert. I've loved, and you know, John Stewart. I, and you said you were watching The Daily Show <laughs> in Florida in your room. Yeah. I, was, I, lo- I love that whole like like just cutting through the bullshit and getting to like what the real facts are um colbert as of late has been doing much mm-hmm. better and watching trevor noah on the daily show has been like like a little bit rocky for me because I, I love trevor noah but i feel like he's not doing he's not cutting as deep as he can he's getting there he's right? baby steps He'll yeah baby there. like the the interview with tommy tommy laren yeah, yeah that was because i've because I do come from a conservative background, so yeah. I have a lot of friends who are still very conservative, and I saw her videos being posted yeah. uh, all the time, and I would, uh, my, that was one of the things that I think led to um, a small falling out between my dad and I, yeah. is that I commented on one of her videos. Just, yeah. She was trying to claim that uh, feminism wasn't real, like we don't yes. actually have women's issues, <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, are you <laughs> kidding? One, You're yeah. a woman! And on that note, yeah. Samantha B. praise. So- Oh, Absolutely, man. she's I, queen. I mean, I I did submit a packet for that. Oh, same. Did not get I'm in, same. But, but found out on my birthday that I did not get in. Oh. I was like, damn, twenty nine's gonna suck. <laughs> I yeah, I I love Sam B. Like, I feel like she should have taken the Daily Show host spot. I I personally think she should. I'm have. glad she did it because I think that she got to do her like she oh, didn't have to thing. step into someone's shoes. She got yeah. to make her own universe, and it just like fits her voice so well. Because yeah. I liked her on the Daily Show, but I love her yeah. on her in Full Frontal. She's, she's just incredible. So fast. Like jokes are like mile a minute. Like yeah. the writers there are super, super dope. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do next question. Question three: Before making a phone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> um, I feel like it depends on who I'm calling. Mm-hmm. Um, mom and dad, 
pretty comfortable just like saying whatever. I mean, like your situation was very yeah. different. Yeah. You probably yeah. had to do a little more rehearsing. But um, yeah, I'm like uh, when it comes to like you know job interviews and stuff like that, I like to like do research on like the place I'm going uh, with friends. Uh, normally, pretty normal phone mm-hmm. call. I don't think I really do much prep for that. Um, I feel like job interviews is the only place where I'm just like, I want to make sure Maybe I'm saying the right things and like doing the right things. Um, yeah, I don't think I really do. Yeah, I, I would say that that's the same for me. If it's job interview, yeah. I, I, I feel like I prep myself on those seemingly mundane questions that mm-hmm. will trip me up. The um, So tell us about yourself, yeah. which is, <laughs> well, what part, you yeah. know, like of the whole 29 years start to finish? Yeah. You know, how much time do you have? <laughs> but uh, with my parents, you, you know, like my dad and I do have a history of getting into tense political arguments. So I do give myself the don't engage, don't engage, which just goes yeah, out the window yeah. the second the phone picks yeah. up. So. Um, but it's fine. I've kind of made peace with it. And now we're just not talking about politics at all. Oh. Uh, so that works out. And the only other time I would rehearse conversation is if I know an argument is coming. Like if I'm having, yeah. if I'm calling someone for a negative reason, I and like if it's a breakup conversation of some kind or, you know, I, like I was dating someone long distance and I knew we were we were going to be on the phone to have the breakup conversation so I kind of talk through my emotions beforehand to yeah. to to kind of understand the logic that I need to, you know, yeah. define my logic in the situation so that I can have a productive conversation. Yeah. Although sometimes it makes me too eerily calm and I think they're good. They think I'm going to murder them. So <laughs> I, I have the exact same thing. And that's not, not even just like with like, you know, making phone calls, but also like therapy and also like mm-hmm. pitch meetings. Yeah. I, I've been told I'm like too calm in pitch meetings. Uh, people like riffing off of each other and like I'm more of like a person like alright here's my pitches and people will riff off of them and then like I there's this weird silence that comes when it comes <laughs> yeah. to me it's like and I'm just like this is very strange guys like we could be, I just am gonna say what I need to say so I, I think I do prepare what I say when it's like more in conversation right. less when I'm really on the phone I feel like I'm just like having a normal conversation on the phone yeah I guess yeah on the phone um those would be the only situations in which I prepare myself, and then uh, the rest of the time I'm I'm the uh, the other person in that dynamic yeah. where I feel like I need to riff to fill the silence. Yeah, but. I'm like a I can sit and live in the silence. I enjoy the silence. God bless you, because yeah. seriously, <laughs> that is like my my Everest is sitting in silence. So, yeah, I just I just like I'm just like all right. So here's what I want to talk about. <laughs> unless I'm on the subway, I want to. Oh, yes. You know, yes. <laughs> I don't want to be in silence unless I'm like it's the morning pre coffee. I'm on the subway. Yeah, it's like, don't, 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 don't. There's there's the wall just around me, right? Awesome. Yeah. Next question. Yes. Dope. Let's see. What would constitute a perfect day for you? A day. Yes. Ooh. That's like, because I have a couple of versions of what a really good day is for me. Like, my good New York day mm-hmm. is uh, getting up, having a really good breakfast, mm-hmm. and I love, like a good greasy spoon diner breakfast. Oh, just like God. a couple of eggs and a piece of toast and some uh, dark, dark coffee. coffee. And uh, like almost burnt coffee. <laughs> and going to, I love the Natural History Museum. I know it's kind of old and fading, mm-hmm. but it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And wandering through the park afterwards and listening to either nothing podcast or just being with a friend and, and having coffee. I love days like that. But then there's like the other day where it's spontaneous travel. Mm-hmm. And you, you like I have a, a, my best friend since high school who also happens to live in New York. We have a habit of 
getting bored and going, you want to just drive somewhere? And it's always been an adventure. Even, like sometimes we'll end up just spending the night in a Walmart parking lot because this was when we were in college. We're like, we're too poor for a hotel and yeah. we're so tired. We have to sleep. Yeah. And uh, going and visiting people we know or, or nobody we know, just random locations. And um, I like to either go completely wild and, and drive too far for too little time in a city or like have a really calm Nice day. Yeah. So you're more of adventure is more of your yeah, like exploring an adventure, like yeah. being out is a good day for me. Yeah, I like going. Out. I, for me, I'm just more of like a, a relaxed day. Mm. Um, I feel like I take on a lot of my problems. I, no, I, I put down more of my problems to take on other people's problems. Mm-hmm. So like a perfect day, but I was just like waking up, not really thinking about anything that's going on in the world, like not like. <laughs> not seeing that like Donald Trump's tweeted something. So (laughs) not checking Twitter. Yeah, not checking Twitter Mm -hmm. or any news source Mm -hmm. and like knowing that things are going to be okay. So basically the years from 2008 until 2016, (laughs) uh, waking up, you know, things are pretty much fine. And then going to the gym, uh, Mm -hmm. just like running for a little bit, coming home, eating a nice breakfast and going out just to a random part of the city, sitting down and writing for a while. Nice. Meeting up with some friends later in the day, maybe go watch a show or uh, just like talk about different things that are going on in people's lives. Like a very like I want like a just a normal day. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's very perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. Move on. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's me. That's it. Sorry. Question five: When did you last sing to yourself to someone else? Hmm. Last sing to myself this morning on the train. Uh, new Charles Gambino album came out on Friday, mm-hmm. so I've been singing that all weekend. So a song came on, just started singing to myself, sang to somebody else last night because the new weekend album came out the week before so i've been singing that to my roommate just to, like get her to like sit up in the room uh, the weekend um yeah in college i sang um my heart will go on the top of my lungs the last day of my senior year because i ran the bar there as a dj there and um i played that song got on the bar and just belted it and sang it to so many people <laughs> how did that feel were you just like this is the moment i've been waiting for yeah okay. it didn't make sense to play it after like a waka flocka song but <laughs> i was like this is for me i know, <laughs> i want to play this mm-hmm. and the audience was you know drunk so they all were like oh well, we're doing this now so it was yeah. fun yeah it felt just so liberating that's great yeah. that's amazing i way late to the game started listening to the hamilton soundtrack like a month ago yeah and uh i was i got well, I started a couple months ago, but then I got stuck on the first song, uh, just the Alexander Hamilton song, and I was listening yeah. to that on repeat, and I was like, oh, wait, there's like a whole, <laughs> there's two more, like, discs Size. here. Yeah. Um, but then the mixtape came out, and uh, the very basic white girl in me loved the Ben Folds, Regina Spector, Dear Theodosia, so oh, okay. now that song is in my head all day yeah. like, I just can't get it out of my head so I was singing it to myself because I have the apartment to myself this weekend okay oh. so, <laughs> so it's just a lot of like no pants plus singing <laughs> it just it's happening um, so that I'm almost embarrassed to have just admitted that but nah. uh-huh. eh. question number six if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life which would you want the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life? Oh, my God, the body. Absolutely. I thought I, in my mind I was like, oh, it's the mind for sure. Yeah. But I think the body because you could just be the craziest 30-year-old 
anyone has ever met because you know older people your yeah. your mind is going and yeah. you just don't give a shit yeah. i would love i'm turning 30 in like six months yeah. and i would love to get to 30 and just not give a shit and try and steal things from department stores you know like put raisins on layaway yeah. you know i just like i want to be uh reckless and not care and i think it would help my comedy to be that crazy i think absolutely the body because i feel like because <laughs> i feel as if like yeah one it would definitely help the comedy <laughs> two i think that there's just like all this ageism like once you get older people like assume that you can't do all these different things right the mind of a 30 year old i'm not there yet but i'm just i'm imagining there's so much still you're worrying about but once yeah. you're getting older you're not worried about all the different things you you may have like you're like you've lived such a long life at that point but yeah. you're 90 years old that you're like these things don't really bother you me that so much you get so many fewer shits because yeah. you're 90 you've yeah. seen it it's gonna be fine you can still like go out and do it go on walks go on runs like, yeah. yeah absolutely body I, yeah body for sure 100%. because also it would be it'd be like being in a prison to have such an agile mind and be worrying about everything and then not be able to actually move oh yeah absolutely do you have a secret hunch about how you will die mm. that's horrifying Oh, that is just terrifying. Um, one of the things that I'm super nervous about, I don't mm-hmm. know if I have a hunch about how I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I was going to be in a blaze of glory. Um, but <laughs> I think that uh, I'm like one thing that I'm always very nervous about. Like I'm not, I'm like pretty accepting of death. I feel like Harry Potter at the end of like mm-hmm. you know the seventh book where he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to go die. That's how I feel. I'm like I get, I it's going to happen. But um, stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> like I like fear of mort- uh, like mortality like is like a natural thing like mm-hmm. to keep us alive. But I feel like I'm like comf- comfortable with it. The one thing I'm really worried about is like if it like I'm like interested in narratives like people's mm-hmm. lives are a story. Like I do I want to be the person in charge of the end of my own story. I'm worried that like one I don't want to pass away like have no agency for myself. Right. Or two one thing I'm very afraid of like police brutality. Yeah. Like. Uh, Ever since, like, Trayvon Martin, I've been, like, nervous. And then this last summer, and then, like, Eric Garner, like, last year, like, all those different things, like, really spin in the back of my head. And, like, yeah. to the point where, like, when I see a police officer, I, like, I tense up. I'm, like, a little bit, like, uncomfortable. And, like, sometimes police officers just want to be, like, <laughs> be, like, like they, want, they want to seem, like, cool. And, like, right. I was at Subway once. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, like, sponsoring. I'm not sponsored by Subway. I just wanted to say that I was at Subway. <laughs> I just wanted to get a sandwich. And this cop came and was like, hey hurry up with your order. And I was like, is this going to be it? Am I going to die in a subway? <laughs> oh, my God. Because this is not what I want. Right. And he goes, like, I'm just kidding with you. And then he bought my sandwich. Super dope guy. But he didn't have to give me a heart attack. He almost, right. yeah, he almost killed me without putting a hand on me. So, like, right. it, it's, like, something that's always in the back of my head. Um, I don't really, it's, like, a, I, it's, like, involuntary at this point. Yeah. But it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate, like, result of the circumstances that we're in. So, kind of wish I had gone first because my answer is going to seem so <laughs> shallow compared to that. Oh, no. uh, that is horrifying and I don't know what else to say but like I'm sorry that you have to feel that way when you walk out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm a white lady so I've got a lot of that guilt these days yeah. especially since we helped <laughs> the crazy guy get into office. It, that, the numbers the next day were... That was hard. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. I, I didn't know what to say to people. So that was really hard, especially since I feel like I use my voice not in that way, mm-hmm. and to feel like I couldn't help but be part of the problem just by virtue of existence. And you're just yeah. like, how do I help this? How do I make this better? Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a different question. Yes, yeah, another time. Uh, my my dad is always irrationally afraid that I will die in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So I am like, is that one of those weird parental premonitions where 
that's how it's going to be. He just he just inherently knows it, uh, which is upsetting because I love road trips <laughs> so much. Um, but I also think he's just like paranoid no matter what I do. Yeah. So it, it like also it could be anything. I do have a, an intense fear of drowning. Oh, yeah, and the older like especially. Like, I'm not necessarily a fearful flyer, Mm -hmm. but now when I fly over open water, Mm -hmm. I am afraid that I would get, I would crash into the ocean and not die on impact and then have to drown. That's really dark, but like, that is a. It's a very specific one, but like, yeah. I don't, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that is not how I die. Like, I just, I don't necessarily think that's how I die. I just really hope that's not how it is. My grandmother had, uh, she died in her sleep. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. Well, fun. Cool. That was lighthearted. That was very fun. Is <laughs> <laughs> it me? Yeah. Question number eight. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. That's pretty. Okay. I think there's pre- a couple of pretty yes. obvious ones. Political <laughs> comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, liberal political viewpoint. Yeah. And a fascination with how people's brains work. I mean, I never studied it on the scale that you've studied it, yeah. but I do feel like I need to understand why people make the decisions they make. Yeah. Which is why I watch Criminal Minds, because their whole <laughs> their whole thing is like, why? Like, they look at a crime scene, and they're like, like why, why would you make these decisions, use yeah. these weapons, approach it in this way, and target this person? And yeah. they can, like, basically reverse engineer the crime scene to be able to find somebody. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so smart. All right, All right yeah. next one. Question nine. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Hmm. Hard one. I think it's like supportive family. Mm-hmm. Um, being from West Africa, uh, it's it's weird to like say I want to be a comedian. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like the last job my parents want me to have. <laughs> but um, being like a Muslim and black and African in America has been a very interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never felt like I wasn't listened to by my parents. Just they've been always been very supportive right. uh, and always like, you can come talk to me. Of course, there's things they may not understand because they may be closer to like my sort of generation mm-hmm. or like they've never had to like deal with that. So this is something that I have to, across I have to bear. But um, yeah, I think that's like the most important thing for me. I'm really grateful for having a very supportive family. Even they, even though they don't like the comedy thing that much, they're still like, "How's what, it?" So ask, "How's it going?" What parent, what family member is going to go like, "Yeah, comedy, great idea." I have some friends. I think it's. I think your parents have to be like liberal arts art professors. Okay. Or like <laughs> like English professors. Yeah. Like, yeah, do that. Like my my dad is like. Like, he does a lot of work for colleges. He goes to Africa and talks about demilitarization of different governments. He, like, awesome. travels and does stuff like that. And my mom is a nurse, like, in geriatric ward. And, like, she does all this sort of stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. I was going to be on track to be more the medical. And then I was like, stop. I want to tell jokes. So. Which is amazing that they're supportive of that. Yeah. Because if I was on track to have a medical career and I called home and said, no, 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 I'm going to do the open mic circuit, my yeah. parents would the distraught beside yeah. themselves uh they like my mom a few weeks ago even called comedy a hobby and i was like oh you don't like she's not trying to be mean yeah. she's just that's she doesn't they neither of them really See understand the industry or um i told my dad i got my first tv job when i first moved here and it was um it was just like a writer's assistant on a celebrity gossip entertainment show and yeah. it, was, it was whatever it was yeah. what it was a job it's and, credit. yeah, and I was sitting there going, um, 
I was talking to my dad on the phone. I said, it just feels nice to finally feel like I'm a part of the uh, TV writing community. Mm-hmm. And he told his friends that I write for the TV show community. Uh, and I was like, you just don't, you, they don't hear you don't it. it. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of what I'm grateful for, I think it's the support of my friends who yeah. do get it, who take the time to get it. Yeah. Um, not that my parents wouldn't take the time. It's just like, it's so much to explain. And I think it would make them afraid. Um, but my friends, they come to every show and they are, they give really honest, good feedback and they're always so supportive. Like I could not, they, they're the people who invite me to come live on their couch. Mm -hmm. I, that's all I need. You know, I just, I need support. I think every human needs some kind of support, Mm -hmm. no matter how self-sufficient they feel they are. And, uh, I like my parents are supportive in, in hindsight. Like I'm, wow, look at what you've done. You're so good. My friends are supportive before I walk in the door and, and. I'm, I think I'm grateful for the balance of that. Yeah. Awesome. Question number 10. Yes. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Oh. I would not change the Republican conservative bubble because it gave me a frame of reference for understanding that. I'm... Um, because I feel like that's the obvious answer. It's mm-hmm. like, I wish I had super liberal parents. Yeah. And it's like, I wish now because it makes me sad that they're not on yeah. the same page as I am in terms of that. But uh, upbringing-wise, I think I think it was important to have that foundation to rebel against. Because yeah. who knows well, how I would have rebelled <laughs> if they had been super cool liberal parents. Yeah. I had to rebel against something. Yeah. Um, I'm like wary of changing anything about my childhood because I know how time travel works. Right. <laughs> the butterfly right. effect. I just yes. don't want to like... <laughs> oh, uh, future me? Yes. <laughs> don't change a thing. Uh, change everything, future me. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think maybe... Because like, I think being raised like a culture apart from me being a third culture kid has been to my benefit because um, it gives me an understanding with immigrants, gives me an understanding with Muslims. Yeah. I feel like it, but being in America, not being in West Africa has always put me in the middle of all of that. Right. And like, I've never been like fully like Muslim communities, like you're not mm-hmm. entirely Muslim and like like people who are Christian, like you're not, you're definitely not Christian. So I'm like in the middle of a lot of different things. I feel like, you know, on like the TVs with like the DVD sign going around. Yeah. And when you're like on the office, like they're waiting for it to hit a corner. I yeah. feel like I've always bounced around, never been able to hit a corner. I've never like perfectly fit in. So um, I wouldn't change that though, because I think that's like been to my benefit. Like it yeah. gave me a more unique narrative to tell for comedy. Like Exactly. Yeah. I think all of those things that I could change, even the things that I just listed, it's yeah. sort of in my mind like yeah I could have changed that and maybe I would have studied abroad in Morocco and that would have altered some path but I still I went to Greece that was really cool and I kind of don't mind my upbringing in any way Mm -hmm. because I like where I'm at today and you sort of have to assume that the past informs the present in that way Maybe I think one thing I, very simple would be just like I wish I had a, I have a lot of cultural awareness where I'm from, mm-hmm. but like more like I yeah. don't speak Arabic even though I'm Muslim. Right. I know mm-hmm. like the verses I need to to get to the pray. Um, yeah, I wish I had a little bit more cultural awareness and just yeah. like I feel like I got enough learning about like a lot of mm-hmm. different other places in like American history and then American history two and then American history three. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, like, yeah. I want to learn more about the rest of the world. Cause it, it is mind boggling that like a man in Iran would like know like our presidents all the way back to like Van Buren, just off the top of his head. And, but I don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you. And like, it's, 
that's like amazing to yeah. me and to have an awareness of like where you are and also around the rest of the world awesome on that yep we'll do this all right question 11 take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible oh my god uh yeah uh his mom Dunjai. i'm uh mauritanian uh it's weird because when i say i'm mauritanian people will assume i'm from the country mauritania my the culture from where we are is like more Malian, which is another country in west africa and uh came to the United States, uh, learned, you know, about everything. Uh, I used to live in Illinois and uh, DeKalb, Illinois, and then we moved to um, uh, Worcester, Ohio. Ended up going through most of high school and uh, college, at the College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio. Uh, I have one little sister. Uh, my mom and dad, it, it feels like I'm kind of biracial. My mom is like a lighter North African. My dad is a darker West African, and my sister's lighter. So people often don't know that we're like all related. But uh, yeah, uh, I played soccer all through high school, and uh, I played soccer in college. I play, I ran track as well. Uh, I've done martial arts. Um, I DJ. Um, Looking at that clock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah. Um, I got into comedy because P, uh, in high school, a lot of people, I'd like write in groups of people and they'd think that my stuff wasn't funny. And then like at one point I was like, wait, I could be like so funny if I like didn't let other people tell me like what I what to do. Started doing stand up. And I think it's been helpful to have the name of Mamadou because it's very unique and like can mm-hmm. stick in somebody's mind. Uh, I've been to, to this point pretty like... I don't really go 100% about how I feel. I kind of like, I kind of toe the line. But since this election, um, I, I've been stopping doing that. I've been like, this is how I feel. Like, sorry. If this, I'm, 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 I said sorry again. I need to start breaking myself of that. Cause oh, I hear my, that. Yeah, my, yeah, I know. Like, my disco- I I shouldn't have to, like, apologize, make you uncomfortable when I have to deal with this all the time. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Um, and I love uh, New York. It's pretty great. My name is Ashley Sather. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, and when I was three months old, we moved down to Florida because my grandmother was living down there and was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and it was one of those things where we thought we'd go for a couple months and then um, never left. Uh, And so I grew up in a small beach town in Florida where all of my friends were either um, super hot and tan or just super hot, Mm -hmm. and I thought, Oh, I started watching Friends at a young mm-hmm. age, and I was like, oh, Chandler does this thing where he's funny, even though he's insecure. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. So I started being making jokes, and I became I decided I would be the funny one, and it stuck. Um, and uh, I grew up in my little bubble, my super white little beach town, and with, went to church every Sunday, went to school in Chicago to study broadcast journalism because my dad wouldn't let me be an actor. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, that... Uh, anchors same thing um or politician maybe one day my dad definitely wanted me to be a senator but i know i don't think so and so i went to school and had my whole worldview just blown wide open met people who felt completely i was a registered republican when i got to college and i met people who were not only different colors and different genders and different um sexual orientations but different political preferences and had different backgrounds and um i also met all the different religions and it was just an explosion of oh you can't live in your own tiny little bubble it doesn't work um and so i thought i was going to go into journalism started writing joke copy because of all of my love for the daily show it just kind of maybe 
um, indoctrinated me to that. After a while, I decided to move to New York and uh, tried to do improv because I thought I was too lazy to write and decided I liked the pre-planning of sketch writing. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of that. I do it with women. Um, and it has been an amazing, wonderful adventure. Mm-hmm. Woo! That was exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question 12? Yeah. yeah. Can't see the envelope. Could you imagine if we did that for every question? It would be <laughs> really hard. Yeah. Question number 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having, sorry, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained only one, any, any one quality or ability, what would it be? Oh, that's that's a tricky one. Do you know yours? Because I think I need a second. Oh, I know mine. Oh, you know. <laughs> tell yours. Tell yours. I'm a huge superhero nerd. So yes. for me, it would be super speed. Mostly so I can just get from place to place yes. quicker so I can have more time to do other things. I feel like I spend too much of my time in public transportation. And I feel like I spend too much of my time like thinking about how am I going to get somewhere. I just need to like be there. That's a good one. I don't know if this question is for superhero questions. Because if, if it is, if thing. it had been superheroes, yeah. it's easy. I've always wanted to fly. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted the ability to fly through the air. Um, but if it's not superhero, then I think just um, more willpower. Mm-hmm. Just saying things like, I will sit down and I will write for three hours. Like, the, the willpower that, like, Adderall gives you. Yes. <laughs> that just the focus. It's a superpower. That is yeah, a superpower. it is a huge yeah. superpower. Um, and, like... I will not have pasta for dinner yeah. and I will write and I will go see that open mic and I yeah. will even get up on stage and just uh, being able to channel that into being really dedicated and on it with all of the things that I want to do with my life. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Mm. What we were talking about earlier, I want to know, like, how does it end? Like, I want to mm. know that... I feel like that's a weird thing. Like you know that there's a like there's like a ticking time. Like I I would like to know how it ends. I'm right. so interested in. That. It feels so weird because I like it feels occult, but it's like not. I just I'm just like so, I'm like what happens? Like what goes on? Where's it going to yeah, be? Yeah, it's not occult because I mean, it's not because it's not like oh do demons exist? Yeah. It's we all die. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think personally, I. I am torn between do I want to know if I have success in my career on the scale that I believe that I measure success by mm-hmm. or do I become a parent? Yeah. Like do I, do I find love? You know, yeah. like that would be because I feel like I haven't really come that close to it in the mm-hmm. past. So it's like does, do I figure that out? Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting to me. I feel like for me, the adventure is like finding out that letting that surprise me would be more fun. I know I'm going to die, and I right. just want to know like when, where. Like, it, it, I feel like it's going to give me that sort of like, oh, I, have, I do have like an expiration date. I need to get this done, and I feel like that's like an even bigger motivator for me. Right. Like, I get to find out what is going to happen, but I want to know like what that last moment's going to be. Right. I think maybe I'll go back and change my answer real quickly. Okay. I want to know if I achieve financial success. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm the kind of person who could be like, cabs everywhere, because it doesn't matter. Because if not, maybe I can change it. It's true. Maybe I can change it. All right. That's a good question. (laughs) Good question. Question 14. Is there something you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? I want to go to Egypt. Yeah. I want to go to Egypt. I want to see the pyramids up close. Mm -hmm. I've... 
it's, this is the most embarrassing thing I will probably admit, uh, but The Mummy is my favorite movie. <laughs> the first one, Brendan Fraser. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Well, the Rachel Vice. <laughs> okay, like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But I, it's just like I watched it when I was younger. Yeah. It, it's just so simple. It's so easy to follow. Yeah. It's so smart and romantic yeah. and it's like everything that I want from an action movie or action adventure movie and there's a like right amount of romance that doesn't make me feel squeamish yeah. and I love it so much but it ignited this whole fascination um, I tried to teach myself how to read and write hieroglyphics when I was in middle school yeah. a total failure <laughs> Abs- abject failure but I'm interested I want to go I want to see it up close I want to go to Alexandria even though there's like nothing left Yeah, I gotta see it so that's, that's I haven't done it because the fear of geopolitics reigns supreme. Yeah, yeah. I I super I, I like the mummy too. I like the, did you see the second one? Of course, I saw the second. I'm one. not a big fan of CGI in that movie, but it's a very no. funny movie. The CGI is not great. Yeah, I I still I liked the yeah. movie. I thought the the kid was. I was actually watching um, an interview with the kid in that movie, and yeah. they. One of the reasons they used him is because he was such a big fan of the first one that yeah. they would be on set like, wait, is this uh, is this going to cause a continuity issue? And he'd be like, well, yes, actually, because because he was just like so good at the first movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was like, oh, that kid's living my dream. But yeah, after that, I just stopped acknowledging the mommy <laughs> movie. He's like, all right, just want to go to Egypt. Yeah. Um, is there something? I forgot the question because I was so interested in what you were saying. <laughs> um, uh, is there something that you dreamed of doing for a long time? They haven't done it. Huh. I don't know. I feel like I kind of do what I want. <laughs> uh, big dream-wise, um, I feel like mine's also a travel. I want to travel the world. I mm-hmm. want to like be immersed. Because I feel like uh, what that's what's awesome about New York is that you can be immersed in a culture kind of like Chinatown. You have like little right. neighborhoods. You have like little Italy. You have Dominican neighborhoods. Like, you can be immersed in like a bit of a culture and different boroughs there you go. But I want to go to like... I fascinated with East Asian culture Um, especially like uh, I took religions classes in college a lot of them Mm -hmm. and I loved learning about um, Buddhism so interesting it's just it's like it's such like a release and like let go of like individuality it's like so beautiful and I just want to like go immerse myself in that lifestyle see how it is because I feel like the media that I am forced to take in is mostly like China's a world power that also could be dangerous but like I want to go and like live there and see how it is for like a little while Japan right. oh Japan just seems the more I learn about it the more just yeah this is an amazing culture it's my turn right yep. cool. question 15 what is the greatest accomplishment of your life ooh that's a that's a doozy um the biggest accomplishment in my life um at this point I think it's like coming to terms with my identities. Um, yeah, I feel like living in Ohio is very confused on how to be a person of color mm-hmm. and Muslim at the same time as like being surrounded by all these other different cultures. And I think that I like came to a piece like this is who I am. And my comedy suffered until I did that. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like anything that I wanted to do was like suffering until I did that. I think that's my greatest accomplishment um, because I think, I mean, I've always realized that I was a black person. I knew that. But when. It would have been really interesting if you hadn't figured it out. Just like in the middle of the interview. Right. Wait a second, stop this. Whoa, whoa, podcast. whoa. <laughs> What's going on? Um, I, uh, I'm working on a film right now about police brutality, and I think it made me 
become much more immersed in like black culture here because I felt like I was a little bit removed because I was African and also was raised around a lot of white people. So like there's different mm-hmm. parts of like African American culture that I wasn't like as immersed in. But like now I'm like able to like now that I'm like fully come to terms of like I am a person of color mm-hmm. in this world. This is the way that the world works. I want to find out how other people who may look the same way as me have their individual. Because like, I feel like we look at groups as monoliths because we yeah. are looking at people as numbers. So I want to like find individual narratives. And I was arguing with trolls on the internet the other day that said like all black people is like all black people are mean to their children. Like all of them what? are just like the three that you know. How can like, you make a blanket statement like that? And I and I. Did I tried to engage? I was like, you know what? I can't really. If you you want, you have to want to change your mind. So I couldn't like breach it. But I was like, hey, like I just want to let you know, like that is not my experience, and that's not the experience of a lot of people that I know. Right. So yeah, I think that just coming in terms of who I was, and this was like, it's. I feel like I'm talking about it like it happened like two days ago, but it happened like like a year and a half, two years ago. That's like, still pretty really, recent relative yeah. to how long you've you know been alive. Yeah. I started, I, I think, and then knowing that and, like, being more, because st- I felt like I wanted to always have a, a point of view and then play a def- devil's advocate mm-hmm. for myself to, like, make sure that I'm staying level. But I feel like I, it's okay to take a side. Like, I yeah. always wanted to, like, be in the middle, hey, I don't want to be in this, but, like, it, nah, it's, like, it's time to take sides. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, gosh, my answers just feel so much more shallow than yours sometimes. <laughs> uh, no, my greatest accomplishment, the thing that I'm proudest of so far, is just getting my ass to New York and getting up on a stage and telling a joke. Yeah. Even if it's not the best joke I can make, just um, just doing it. Because as I think anyone in this room would agree, that I feel like 90% of doing comedy is just doing comedy. Yeah. And then the rest will come, the honing of the jokes and the learning your voice and the material and the style. But the rest of it, I spent a lot of time talking about wanting to do this and not really knowing how to do it. And I still don't know how to like reach the next level where I'm gainfully employed to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. But just consistently getting up on stage and doing it and, and, do, and being here and doing that and finding people to work with and understanding how to do it better. Um, I am, it's hard. It is intimidating. I will go through days where I'm like, why? Why do I think that I can do this or mm-hmm. that I should be allowed to or whatever? And, um, but doing it anyway, mm-hmm. getting up on stage and then feeling good because I like, did it, you know? Yeah. And do you ever feel like you have a sense of um, you're trying to do this to make other people laugh or you're doing this because it makes you laugh? I really thought that I did it because I love when an audience laughs. It mm-hmm. makes me so happy. But I also am in a place where I don't care if they laugh. Exactly. And I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. My jokes are very politically tinged about race. And that's a mm-hmm. touchy subject, especially now. So when an audience doesn't laugh, I'm like, oh, you're not laughing because this is real. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not fun. Like, I'm like, yeah. And I'll have to call them. I'm like, hey, guys, like, it's okay. I know you're uncomfortable by this, but this is my reality. And I'm laughing at it. Mm. So let's let's try and laugh a little bit together. Right. Yeah. Well, that's we just recently did a, a video sketch that's about um, – how hard it is to to go on a dating app and try and date somebody without becoming a victim of sexual assault. Yeah. And uh, people are watch. I watch people watch it, and they're not laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. But then people will come and be like, "Oh, smart!" And it's like, "Yeah, I want you to be on the floor exactly. laughing." Yeah. But also, it was something that needed to be said, and we said it in an entertaining way. Yeah. Um. And so I, they, it wasn't a laugh riot, but it was people are. A lot of people are liking it. We're getting a positive response to it overall. So it's like, okay, yeah, you didn't laugh out loud a bunch. You didn't, you know, roll the theater over yeah. with your laughter, but I'm glad we point. did it. You made a point. We made a point. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. Awesome. awesome. Next one. Yeah. 
Question 16. What do you value most in a friendship? Loyalty. 100% loyalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a pretty open person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like any of my friends could ask me any one of these questions that we have been asked or will be. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the answer. I will go as deep and as dark as as you want me to go. But yeah, loyalty is very important to me. And if you can't be loyal, at least be honest. Yeah, that's fine. Honesty. Uh, And I I value people who are like willing to like just sit down and have a long conversation about like a serious thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially with comedians, it's it. As much as it's a tool for us to get to where we want to be, it's right. also a def- it's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. In like, like it's you, you avoid the problem by laughing at it. Uh, I think it's just so great when I have like friends who are really honest. And if they disagree with me, like this is not a good idea. But I think that the most important thing like we were talking about earlier is like having like sources or reasons, like justifications, not because you don't want it to happen, right. but because like this is this is what happens. And like like you said, I. People gotta have a code. Like if you, you some, have if, a code. If, if someone says like this person is someone interested in, don't go to that person. I have a friend who, yeah. like, I don't tell him anything. Like he's my friend. I don't tell him anything about girls because mm-hmm. like he's just an attractive young man. I'm not gonna like be like, hey, just jump in. You have to be. I'm yeah. I'm very aware that I'm like not like I'm not like an Adonis, but this dude is an Adonis. So like. Uh, we all have hot friends. I exactly. would say most of my best friends, yeah. my, my my closest girlfriends, yeah. are beautiful women. Yeah. Just like. And not not saying anything against my own physical attractiveness, yeah. but theirs is just next level. Yeah, and it's and it, I, like I'm, I'll be like, yeah. He's like, who are you talking to anyone? I'm like, nope, not talking no. to anyone. Not even talking to my parents. Don't not even talking know to, talk. to talking anyone is in done the world. For me. No yeah. one's alive right now. So yeah, I I think it's just like honesty and loyalty. I, I yeah. feel like those two are like they're, they're intertwined. intertwined. Yeah, yeah. like you, you can't be loyal and dishonest at the same time. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, that it would make be sense. Yeah. really difficult. I'm on your side, but I, I'm also not. Question 17. What is your most treasured memory? It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I think my most treasured memory, it's like a little sad, um, was when I went to West Africa uh, to go visit. I visit often to go see my grandparents because they're getting up there in years. And I couldn't see my grandmother on my dad's side, who's like the oldest of my family members. So I had to like go back to go to school for the year. And then my next spring break, I went back for a week and Mm -hmm. spent that time with her. And... um, I think in my fondest moment, spending like we, even though I speak the languages from there, there's still a little bit of like disconnect because I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. and also they, uh, like she's getting up there in years and doesn't like quite understand the things that I'm saying and will forget things. Right. So it's not quite like Alzheimer's, but it's like a dementia, mm-hmm. and just like talking to her and then like going through that loop over and over again with her and then like leaving was like my fondest memory because like I don't know if I'll see this woman ever again because yeah. I like and it's like very heavy on me uh, that's very hard it's like not like a happy happy memory but I was like very happy to spend that time with her and like that I took time yeah. from it was my senior year spring break I could have gone and done like ridiculous things with my friends but I was like I went home I spent time with my grandma and it was good you made the I guess the right choice, yeah. you know, is that that feeling that you made a choice that was maybe not the one that you could have made. And yeah. it was that's a, that's a, a wonderful feeling. Like, yeah. I don't uh, I never knew any of my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Well, one passed when I was nine, but yeah. she lived far away. And so I didn't really know her very well. Um, but that's a that's, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. That's good. It's like it's yeah, it is yeah. deep. It's ha- it's heavy, yeah. but it's positive. 
Uh, mine is, I gotta stop letting you go first, but <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying to think, I was like, oh, is mine going to the Grand Canyon? Because I do remember the moment when I, like my sister and I went for my 25th birthday and we pulled up and I was just like, my heart is thumping because I'm so excited to see this thing, but it's not it. Um, after I moved to New York, I, I mentioned I lived on a couch for six months mm-hmm. and I was sharing a studio apartment in bed with two other women. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, that was, it was tough. It yeah. was a big, big studio, yeah. but it was with two other women, yeah. uh, who had boyfriends and yeah. it was, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, but I did it and I just like, don't even think I questioned it. I was just like, this is the sacrifice I make mm-hmm. to this decision. Yeah. Um, but I we got, we signed the lease on our first apartment with enough bedrooms mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough money to buy myself a bed, but somebody had like one of the roommates moved back home mm-hmm. and gave me her twin mattress, no box spring, nothing. But I moved to Washington Heights. I put the twin mattress in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I went to bed that night and I closed the door of my bedroom mm-hmm. and I just sat there and I was like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I came to New York mm-hmm. and I have, I have my own bedroom. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I'm making it happen. I didn't yeah. have to go home to live with my parents. I didn't have to move back to Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here, nowhere to go but up, you know? Question number 18, halfway there. Hmm. What is your most terrible memory? Small <laughs> <laughs> gone. I mean, mine's easy. Mine's like the big blowout argument I had with my dad in June. Yeah. Uh, I think that like it dominated my mind for weeks, but uh, we just had a... I'll, I'll spare him if he ever listens to this, yeah. but... We had an extremely intense political disagreement, Mm -hmm. and I think we both walked away from it feeling that we offended each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Although he was so offended, he told me that I was dead to him Mm -hmm. and told me that he was never going to talk to me again. Um, Said some other things that I won't bring up, but um, yeah, he he, allegedly, he blocked me on phone and email. And I was like, and for me... Without getting too much into this stuff, uh, my dad is an Aries, and for I don't know <laughs> if I believe in astrological stuff, but every single Aries I've ever met, sorry if anyone here is an Aries, is the same. That they get so stubborn, and if you push them, they get wildly offended. The uh, yeah, it's okay. it's such like this intense stubbornness, and for whatever reason, it specifically clashes with my personality. Every, and I see it. I, um, my dad, my sister. Uh, a few collaborators in comedy mm-hmm. um, and I think three of the guys that I've dated I, to the point where I'm like, it's too crazy to put on a dating profile that I don't want to date Aries. Yeah. But I want to put it in my dating profile because I don't want to do it anymore. It's the same thing. But he had like that really like stubborn, intense, like you're wrong reaction and yeah. he shut me out. Um, and I just thought like, I have to let this be. Like I have to live with this. It felt like my dad died. Mm-hmm. Like my dad didn't die. No, I want to knock on wood, but I don't want to disturb the recording. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I can't call him. I can't talk to him. I like, I have no access to to him. Yeah. Um, and it was jarring. And it was, and for a while, it was like I weighed very heavily. And I moved on to a bit of acceptance because I was just like, this is what he needs. Yeah. It's not about what I need right now. It's yeah. what he needs. And he processed it, and it, it worked out. And we've come to a place of understanding. And We'll see how that holds up at in Christmas around Christmas time this year, but yeah, that was definitely the worst memory in recent yeah. history. I've got bad some other yeah, bad yeah. stuff, but like that's that's yeah. a bad big bad one. I think my 
worst memories all involve my mom crying. Mm. Um, so we're not like big criers. My mom, my mom will cry every time I come home and then go leave. Like, <laughs> it's always like the 20 minutes before we're about to get, I'm about to get on a plane. It's just like, see the tears rolling. I'm like, mom, you got to stop doing this. You can see like in mom. a week and a half. <laughs> like, I'll see in a little moms. bit. That's moms. Yeah, That's just moms. 100% get that. Um, it's my yeah. sister says that when you give birth, there must be something that's like trip wired in your vagina that just makes you that <laughs> way. Like mammal? maybe. <laughs> but. but yeah, I think that that's like, I have like, yeah, definitely other terrible memories. But like, I think that my mom, I see her when she's quite often very emotional, mm-hmm. she'll cry. I think it was when I heard that uh, there was a, we had a family thing and that my dad like he wasn't crying but he was like very different after the film and that yeah. and that is because like i've never seen my dad cry and like i i'm not like a crier i like i process my emotions kind of differently mm-hmm. and um I, th- I get that definitely from my dad but to like see like such a change in him yeah is was super jarring for me and like it like when your rock starts to uh, kind yeah. of like have a few cracks or yeah. a couple pieces come off of it it's don't it's very upsetting. Me no likey. Me no likey. To hear that. And, like, during the family emergency, I wasn't home. I was here, and I had to, like, do a lot of the conversation on the phone. Yeah. And, like, being helpless is, like, one of my, is one of my like, biggest fears. Like, not being able to help something, mm-hmm. which makes, like, when when I want to help other people, and they're like, oh, we don't want your help, makes me feel like, oh, like, <laughs> this, like, nice. this internal pain i want to help like you're trying to yeah. reach out but like ooh, yeah. it's like when you're in a dream and you're trying to get a exactly. run and you can't or scream and you can't exactly and yeah. i think that yeah i think it's just like just like seeing things that i thought were like very stable constants mm-hmm. become less constant it was like whoa like i need to like check this got it so yeah all right on that yeah, on beautiful, that beautiful <laughs> note uh question 19 if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are li- now living? Why? Um, no. I'm making an inst- feel like I'm making an interesting observation about the questions. <laughs> so they have a lot of mortality yeah. issues wrapped in, and so like, are people falling in love because they have like, uh, I'm gonna die, yeah, better get married. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, if I knew I had a year to live. Um, I feel like, you know, I didn't, I haven't burned a lot of bridges, but I'd like make sure that I like went out making sure that I like, it's like, Hey, I'm mad that this thing happened, but wish like it could have worked out a different way on oh, burning bridges. I feel like that's I would, kind. I would try and unburn. I mean, like that would be, I, I hate if someone like dislikes me for a reason that's outside of like, yeah. Oh, we don't think you have talent. And like, they, if you don't think I'm funny, entirely fine. hundred percent get that. But like, it's like, I just dislike you for like a weird person. like, hate that um like i want to make sure like i want to understand why that is and like mm-hmm. if it's something like a personal trait that like it's like if it's like we're just clashing on opinions we're not going to come to the same point yeah i get that uh but if it's going to be like some just weird thing you don't like in mommy i try and like not unburn bridges but like i feel like just mend some mend some fences yeah, yeah. and like, die with the peace that you did everything you could yeah. in your relationships. Yeah. Feel the exact opposite of you. I would want to go around and burn every bridge. Bridge would be like, fuck you and you and yeah. you and you, <laughs> rolling out in a blaze of glory. I think it's a mix, though. I think I, I think there's some people that I'd be like, I've uh, been under your thumb for too long. Yeah. Fuck you. But like this person that like I wish things had gone better with. I think yeah. there's like a mix of those. I don't know if I. I have a couple of situations where I've dealt with by 
cutting the person out entirely because yeah. it was the it was the the way I the only way I could think of to achieve mental health mm-hmm. where you could heal and move on from that interaction. But I'm still so many years later happy with that decision. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes bridges need to be burned. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. two bodies of like two land masses do not need to be connected. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred percent. I think that um I probably make it into a bit. I probably make it very public. Hey, I'm dying in a yeah. year. Yeah. And I'd probably be like, oh, 364 days ago. And I it's, tried like this I'd is the rec- guy who's dying in a year. Exactly. I'd record a special like a month before mm-hmm. and get it like to come out like the day after I died, so people like had like something to laugh at, like something that I could leave the world with. I think that's what I because one of the things I do right now is I'm doing this bit on Facebook. It's called like Day Blank of the Fourth Reich. And it's uh. like me. It's like a diary of me in an internment camp and being like and like also escaping. It's like so. It's like not. It's, it's like supposed to be like a weird diary that's like mixing comedy but also like the the reality thing. of the situation yeah and yeah. like what's happening in the news and like i'd probably do that if i was gonna die yeah yeah 100 would make it a bit I, like that was my instinct i was like yeah. some i would just go balls to the wall with comedy exactly. i just like i would quit my job and be homeless and just do open yeah. mics and whatever i would yeah. be on anything that anyone would let me do exactly there's so much more freedom and it's like the question is why don't i do that now so, i don't Feel yeah, like exactly. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Is it me? Yes. Okay. Um, what does friendship mean to you? This is question twenty. Mm-hmm. What does friendship mean to you? Mm-hmm. I going back to what we talked about. What do I value in friendship? It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It means someone I can be completely transparent with, who I feel a sense of shared loyalty with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's all I want in friendship. But- Exactly. We don't even have to have everything in common, but if we can at least, if I can tell you how I feel without judgment, yeah, that's it. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all I want. One hundred percent agree. Great. Move on from that. Yeah, great. That was easy. Yeah. Question twenty one: What roles do love and affection play in your life? Hmm. I find myself not that good at. I, I, okay, I'm getting better at it, but not that good at just being, like, affectionate. Right. I feel like um, I've always been, and I used to teach, so, like, the way that I showed affection to my kids is, like, I just mess with them all the time. Yeah. Uh, like, like kids would be like, is like, Mr. Njai, do you want to get in a fight? And I'm like, yo, I'll see you 2022, 3 o'clock outside. I'll right. fight you when you're 18 years old. Like, little bits like that. And, like, I feel like messing with them and, like, creating this weird little world for them has been a thing that I... I do uh what is love it's like what is love love and affection meaning of life yeah um i feel like just like being there for someone and like being consistent and Mm -hmm. trying to like like i've had some people that in my life that i felt like we had a great thing going and then i felt like i was just being judged all the time and i felt like i couldn't really be my own person because they wanted me to be something else and it never worked out for us so I have like such weird feelings about like love and stuff like that because yeah. I feel like people are programmed just to like get married and like settle down have this specific type of relationship mm-hmm. and I'm glad those things are like changing mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I think they have to yeah they have to to, to keep up the times yeah. and I think that I think one of the most important parts like if it feels narcissistic but mm-hmm. if you do it correctly it's like self-love you need yeah. to like like yourself like for a very long time I hated myself I was like this is and it's because people kind of put that energy into me so I like had that self hate but then I had that mini awakening and I was like wait I could be awesome alright 22 we're getting there guys question <laughs> 22 <laughs> um, 
Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Five? Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Oh, sorry. I got distracted by the camera. <laughs> uh, five items. Do we we'll go back and forth? So, yeah, maybe? you go first and then I go. And okay. Then, yeah. Um, the awakening, the fact that you seem extremely self-aware. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on self because it's. I feel like it's a hard quality to find in anybody these days. Thank you. So. Uh, transparency. Um, I enjoy anyone who's like, oh, just ask me anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like when there's like hidden motivations. Like, right. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's a Star Wars thing. Like I, I'm just watching. Like oh, someone's like Dark Lord of the Sith. Like this is, <laughs> <laughs> like just like tell me what you're going to do. So yeah, like I need to know intentions. Yeah. Um, karaoke. Going back to it, <laughs> the fact that we could both go into a room and sing follow up. Yeah, that's I would consider that a positive characteristic. Yeah, uh, adventurousness. I like that you like like going out on adventures. Like sometimes I'm just like fuck it, just throw everything. Like I'm going outside. <laughs> I'm gonna go find something new. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, sympathy for your parents. Just having that like empathy for the fact that they've gone through maybe some whether it's small emotional trauma, trauma just because you're going home mm-hmm. or a large emotional trauma and the fact that you, you hurt because they hurt. That's mm-hmm. a very kind quality, especially because it's easy to be frustrated with parents. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that you, like, you're aware of your victories and you celebrate them because I feel like we don't celebrate victories, especially as comedians. Mm-hmm. Like, you may have gotten a show or a gig, but are like, well, there's so much more work to do. Like, mm-hmm. you celebrate, you're like, I got this apartment, I'm here, that's great, next step. That's yes. awesome. Thanks. Um... Ooh, the fact that you are being braver with your voice in comedy. I think that's we're at a point where we can't hide we can't hide the light, we can't hide the thing that makes us angry. I think that yeah. our anger serves our comedy in a very positive way and um or our discontent. I don't I don't know if I can brand it as <laughs> anger, but yeah. uh just whatever is bubbling to the surface, you're letting it out. I have a lot of respect for that because it takes a lot of courage. Thank you so much. Um uh also I can't say something that she said, can I? Or no? Sure you can. Mm-hmm. I like your awareness. Um, I mean, awareness of privilege, but also like your awareness of like the greater historical context of the world. Like trying to like you're applying it yes to yourself, but you're still like all of these things. Like there's so much about history that like we look at and we're like, this isn't entirely right. <laughs> yeah. So like your curiosity and like your just awareness of like that sort of thing is very awesome. Thanks. Um, I have a lot of respect for the fact that you seem to actually dedicate time to writing. I think it's the hardest <laughs> thing to do. It. I'm like every time you bring it up, I'm like, damn, he goes out and writes. I should be doing that. <laughs> like, so the fact yeah. that you like actively engage, I think that's. I think like other thing. I feel like there was a deeper one that I had in my head, but that's good for you. Yeah, I I can't do anything. I can't write. Like I I have to be writing. I can um, only write when I'm super angry. So yeah. I feel like good for you. Yeah. Um, number five. I don't want to like take everything that you've been saying, but I'm just like happy that like you branched out from like leaving you left Florida. Like I'm gonna go to Chicago and go to school, and then you like you said you were registered Republican, so you may have just, like voted in a Republican ticket, but you allowed all of those different experiences to affect you mm-hmm. to a point where like you became I hate using this word, but more woke. So uh, you <laughs> know what, woke is a very important word right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it a buzzword. Yeah. yeah, but like you, yeah that journey and like being aware of where you came from that journey but still being able to go even though it may be difficult to go home and like be around that like completely opposite belief system to you now is very brave yeah thank you it's hard it's hard um do i owe you another one oh no that's five i think great yeah Uh, 23 that's me awesome 
Question 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? I feel like from the internal side, I don't know why I'm describing my family like a company, but like <laughs> um, on the on the internal side, yeah, very warm. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like I always love spending time with my family. On uh, the external side, it made it very difficult uh, because a lot of people that I went to school with, some of them had like more broken homes, mm. and um, that's good. that's a privilege that I have. Right. Uh, I feel like we talk about like white privilege all the time, like male privilege all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, there's small types of privilege that yeah. like I have that like I know that people don't have, and like that's one of them. So I think that there's like lot definitely like I had a very warm childhood I feel as if there's some things my parents didn't quite understand but that's not on them it's not their experience and I had to like kind of cross that bridge with myself but I brought my parents along with me for the most part and that's always been great that's awesome Um, I think despite everything that I've said about our current day political disagreements my childhood was wonderful Mm -hmm. Um, like we did we had our privileges we also my family has always prioritized comedy in their own way like Mm -hmm. I saw Spaceballs before I ever saw Star Wars (sighs) And that was just the house I grew up in. I, was, I tell them, I was like, look, I hope you're not mad I'm doing comedy because mm-hmm. you indoctrinated me from a very young age. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like my like my parents always told me they loved me. You know, they were always encouraging us to. It was very important for us to have dinner together at, at night as often as possible. And mm-hmm. I'd say like a solid 95% of the time, we all four of us. Uh, my brother and I, my sister um, is my actually my half-sister from my first marriage, mm. and so she wasn't there growing up, but the four of us growing up had um, had a really nice dynamic. We, like, we argued, but it was, I never felt like I couldn't go home. Yeah. Um, and then I would say that I was, I felt very lucky that I had a lot of friends whose parents got divorced around that time and, that I was growing up in, in those formative years. and. I didn't have to experience that. And I can sit here as an adult and look back and go like, well, should my parents be together? Do they have the perfect marriage? Mm-hmm. What matters is that they they were together and they seemed to love each other. And I didn't have, like at nine years old, you're not going to go like, let's talk about your marriage, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I definitely, I value my childhood. Um, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people always have that grass is greener. Yeah. Sort of, but like, I'm just, it looks that way. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with, way that my childhood went out yeah absolutely it was great i think my parents like did like made it special for us they did what they absolutely everything they could to make it special absolutely awesome next card yeah 24 awesome question number 24 how do you feel about your relationship with your mother i love my mom Mm -hmm. so much um i call her a couple times a week some usually unless we get both get really busy she has always put the family first she uh is always the person who if if she needs to get a second job she'll get a second job if she needs to make herself uncomfortable to make her family comfortable she is i would call her the martyr of our family um at the same time that frustrates me that she doesn't ask more of other people so and it also frustrates me that we had a conversation about six months ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer than that, where I was talking about my career. I've always been open about my career goals with mm-hmm. my parents, and uh, even if they don't like what I'm saying to yeah. them. Um, and my mom, like I was talking to my mom about my financial stresses because it is hard and expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I just can't wait for you to find someone and get married, and then you can have the kids, and they can worry about all the finances. And I was so offended 
then that's not what you did. Yeah. Why would you think that I want to do that? Yeah. And she, that's what she wants for me. And she can't help it. And I get really frustrated by that. But I tell her that I don't want that. And she tries to be as understanding as possible, yeah. even if it stresses her out. So I would say that I don't ex- exercise full transparency with my mom because I know that I can set off her fear radar pretty easily and mm-hmm. her like fear for her child radar. Yeah. But I love her deeply. She yeah. is the rock of our family and she would step in front of traffic for any one of us yeah so she's cool same with my mom uh moving to the united states not really speaking english like mm-hmm. uh she learned english and while raising us like re- learned english while we were learning english mm-hmm. and uh she just like has always been such a rock and like she all the sacrifices she's given like she could have gone to college when she came here mm-hmm. but she went to the community college got like a not a fun degree but like a like accounting degree a practical degree. exactly yeah. just to like have some more money to like contribute my dad is in school and then mm-hmm. my dad went uh, on to become a professor and uh just like knowing all the sacrifices and watching her and her progress to, to this point like five years ago i was in school like doing my degree and she was doing her nursing degree like she was just going through it and like mm-hmm. to go back to school that at that yeah. age especially in like a culture where you don't understand things they should take electives like russian like russian film so like my mom's not like a film she loves like she likes hitch she's like a fan right. of Will Smith <laughs> and kevin james's classic hitch uh like she I mean, loves that movie. woman has great taste she's so. I could say. She loves it. And, like, she doesn't know Russian film or Russian history, so right. I had to, like, learn Russian history to help her. Right. And, like, it's, like, going from, like, her helping me with my homework to mm-hmm. me helping her with her homework. Like, it was, like, this, like, I feel like that whole cycle of helping people, it's not over for me, but I felt like I've always been, like, there for my mom. She's yes. always been there for me. And, uh, yeah, she's just been through so much yeah. and like to be a- away from the country that you're from moms are awesome moms are awesome <laughs> Is it, it's yeah. me yeah question 25 make three true we statements each for instance we are both in this room feeling we both obviously very care a lot for family friends and loyalty mm-hmm. so i think that like we both rely on our support systems absolutely yeah. Uh, we both want to use comedy to say something. Yeah. That is a big, I think, in common thing. Yeah. We both have curiosity about the unknown. Nailed it. Uh, Question number 26. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. Arrested Development reruns. Ooh. I just like watching the first three seasons on repeat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just I feel like I've never been in a situation where somebody would want to like – I like to fall asleep watching TV. And Same. I li- yeah, I like to put Netflix on and it goes off on its own after mm-hmm. a few episodes and it's great. <laughs> yeah. And I love to fill my subconscious with the absurdity that is Arrested Development. Absolutely. So that's sort of the, simple, the simple thing that I just feel like I need from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share my love for all things pop culture. Um, I am a huge Star Wars, like, Marvel Universe. Like, I'm, like, a huge film person. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, cool. This is me. Question 27. If you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. Sometimes I do recede into myself. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just, like, I back. I'm, like, I got to take this for a second by myself because I don't want to, like, p- 
push this on other mm-hmm. people and people are like that's a cry for help like no that's a cry for don't help <laughs> I just I want to like do this on my own for a moment yeah. and then like I will be back as soon as possible and like I and even though like I may not be talking about it I am like processing it so right. like I'll do check-ins with you like hey are you good and like hey are you good I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm still going through it and like recently I had a family emergency and a lot of my friends have been like hey are you okay and I'm just like I'm I'm a hundred I'm like fine I just yeah. I need to do it on my own I'm not like a I won't put that as public as possible right so. yeah I don't want to wear it on my sleeve I need yeah. to deal with it and if I need your help dealing with it I yeah. will ask you yeah uh, but like letting people at letting people know that you need to ask them and yeah. not yeah yeah exactly um, I would say that for me I'm very moody I'm it's something I don't have as much control over as I wish that I did. Yeah. Like I, this, the way I'm at right now, mm-hmm. like this is me. I would consider one of my best, just mm-hmm. like being on top of it, thinking things through, mm-hmm. being enjoyable to be around. But sometimes I just don't want to be touched. I don't want to be looked at. I don't mm-hmm. want, like anyone to ask me a question. Like I don't have to decide anything. I just kind of retreat and or kind of like move away. And I get mm-hmm. snappy with people. Awesome. awesome. Next one. Question number twenty-eight. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. As if, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think we've, saying, done, we've done that. Saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Mm. Hopefully I don't get myself in trouble because I know as like a white lady, I can, I do that very easily without even knowing. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I have a lot to learn from talking to you because you are culturally so very different from me. And I am so paranoid that I'm constantly getting it wrong. So the more I hear from you, the more I feel like I'm learning. Because you are self-aware, I get to sort of deal with my guilt over not knowing how to talk to people who are different from me. Uh, That's pretty honest, right? That's deep. Some deep shit. (laughs) Now I'm on the other side of that. (laughs) Uh, um, Someone you just met. Hmm. Let's go on an adventure. Yeah. I feel like I want to see like what like your steps are because like you seem like you're like meticulous. You want someone to think things completely yeah. through. Yeah. So guessing you think things completely through. I want to see like when it's like we don't know what it's going to be, like what that adventure is going to be like. Getting so. on a plane with a dying cell phone. I'll uh-huh. do it. I was talking to my roommates the other day about that. They're like, "Oh, we'll just wait till someone like gives me a charger." I'm like that's not how the world works. No. <laughs> like you're. No, stuck. I don't do that. I'm yeah. very resourceful. I would. Yeah. I would find a cell phone charger. I wouldn't it, just let it be yeah, until like, it oh. happened for me. Yeah. I like to make things happen. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. cool. Anytime. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, cool. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh, my God. I have a great one. So if you go first, though, it's your turn. Oh, man. I don't have a great one. You should go first. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. need to, I need to think. Uh, most embarrassing thing has ever happened. So my mom is the uh, GM of a very popular restaurant in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a seafood shack. It's like a tourist destination, but it also keeps it real. It's very authentic and cool. And I was in fifth grade, and we took a field trip down there because they have an oyster farm where they – or clam farm. And they raise clams on site in these big tanks. That's really interesting. And so it was a little – growing up in Florida, we had the benefit of, like, really intensive marine biology yeah. classes. Um, and we go to the restaurant afterwards for lunch, and I was trying, was cultivating my um, comedic voice, and mm-hmm. I decided to get into a high chair because I've always been the smallest in my class. Yeah. Um, and I got in easily, slipped right in, and was like, ha, 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 I'm in a high chair. Yeah. And I went to get out, 
and I couldn't. It's like my legs oh. were too long, and yeah. like, or, which is crazy because I'm so short, but I was just like too long of a human to be able to make, and my legs couldn't bend quite the right way. So yeah. in front of my entire high school class, or high school, fifth grade class, I am stuck in a high chair, and oh. they had to call in people to remove the back of the high chair so oh, they could man. slide me out. Oh, man. And <laughs> nobody let me forget it. We got our little yearbooks in the end of the year. Everybody was like, ha-ha, remember that time you got stuck on a high chair? Of course. And I grew up in a small town. We're all going to go to middle school together in yeah. high school. And it's just like, it was with the moment where I was like, oh, I have to go to college in a different state. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, I can't be here <laughs> for this. But that was extraordinarily embarrassing at the, at the time that it happened. I couldn't hide from it. Oh, man. Yeah, my story's, like, not that embarrassing. And of course, it involves <laughs> the police because everything does with me, apparently. Um, I was pulled over by a police officer, and he's like, uh, can we check your car? And I didn't know anything about, like, warrants and stuff at that point. And right. I was just like, yeah, you can search my car. And an hour out of my life, he's going through everything. Like, my trunk's full of, like, film equipment. It's mm-hmm. full of, like, you know, random, like, props, like, Nerf swords and stuff like that. Yep, as it goes. And, like, he's pulling things out, and I'm, like, standing there explaining to this officer. Like, I was trying to be, like, tough, and I was, but I had to explain things to him. Yeah. And he goes, like, what do you have Nerf swords in your, in your back, in your trunk? I was like, they're not real swords, sir. <laughs> like, and, like, he kept pulling, like, is, it felt like a clown car. You keep pulling, like, weird things. Yeah. Like, and, and what is this? And what is this? And then, like, he was gonna leave me at the side of the road, and I just saw like a bunch of like people uh, <laughs> passing me, like "What's going on?" This dude's like pulling like a sword yes. out, and, like putting it down. Oh my god, that's um, so good. Yeah, uh, and then he helped me put everything back. He's gonna leave without doing that. I was like, "No, no, no! You took all this out. No, you took you all, all the boys back in. swords out of the trunk. You're putting them back in the trunk." Yeah, I think every single one involves like a bus of people passing me because a bus of people passed me. <laughs> that day and being like, all their eyes were like what's going on like, the driver had to slow down There's we're on a highway like yeah. had to slow down and be like look at this fool to your right there's an idiot yeah. uh, getting pulled over to your right one of our local drivers <laughs> yeah. but yeah oh, man the other time was I was on my way to like our high school like rivalry football game and I was like going down a hill on a bike and there's a new bike at a wide handlebar thing and I see uh, the bus going the opposite direction because it has to go that way it's a one way and I raise my hand to wave, and the side handlebar hits a signpost, and I flip over the oh. bike, and like I did martial arts, so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna see if I can do this hand, this, like this, like flip to try and Why get not? out of this." Didn't work because when you're going downhill, I forgot that like when I over rotate, my feet aren't gonna hit the ground because it's just like <laughs> I did it in the yeah. air, so I missed it and just straight to slid down. It's oh. like in Talladega Nights, the Battle of Ricky Bobby, when yeah. the cards keeps flipping. I just kept going down the hill, and then I was like was knocked out. That's and funny. they didn't stop. They all saw that and didn't stop. I like woke up twenty minutes later, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is not good." And like, cared, dragged my bike back home, oh took myself my to my god. neighbor's house, and got like all bandaged up, and then just like went home and just like suffered for the entire weekend. I had the weekend home alone that weekend too. Oh, no, I had plans. I had plans, and none of them came through. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, 30, that's you. Me? Okay. Question 30. When did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? Oh, my God. Election day. All day. Yeah. I was alternating between crying alone and crying <laughs> with other people, crying in front of my office, crying in front of strangers, crying on the phone, crying in my room, crying in the bathroom. <laughs> crying in a box, crying with a fox. <laughs> Cry, crying with gr- gr- green eggs in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, true story, I've not cried since 2006. That's the Ooh. last time I remember actually crying. Um, unless I like conveniently black out for large periods of time. I don't think <laughs> I've cried 
since. Uh, I've only cried through laughter, like laughed oh, so hard that I'm like in best. tears. Yeah. Um, what was the thing that made you cry in 2006? Uh, I hurt myself doing martial arts. Like oh, really so it was bad. like a pain it was cry. A pain it wasn't cry. like even an, an emotion. emotional cry. Wow. Yeah. So how do you? Remember. How do you like express sad, deep sadness? You just you deal with it. You contemplate it. I say it. <laughs> you like, say it. Okay. Like, I am sad. Okay. <laughs> I don't like how I'm feeling. And let's talk about it. And I, try, I try and apply uh, – I try and apply, uh, like, a, a lot of logic to the things that I do. Yeah. That way I don't, like – but it, and it feels, like, very emotionless. But it still has the emotion there. It's just, like, not manifesting in that sort of way, I feel but like. you don't not feel the emotion. Yeah, you I still feel it. You just don't – like, you don't have the, like, vis- physical yeah. – physiological reaction to yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Cool. See you? Okay. We're in the home stretch. Home stretch. Question 31. Tell your partner something that you like about them already. Something deeper that you haven't already said. I like that you're, like, analytical, but at the same time you can, like, take it to being funny because I feel like there's a lot of people who can't do that. Uh, I feel like there's people who make everything a joke. There's people who make everything, like, serious. And Mm -hmm. there's people – it's, like, hard to find that, like, middle ground. Like, I find myself sometimes – like, my comedy, I'm like, this is funny to me. But if it's not funny to you, it's probably because you may be uncomfortable by it. Yeah. And it's probably being a little bit too analytical. But I try and, like – sprinkle things in there but I like that you can be analytical jump to a joke and jump back into the narrative I mean that's like a skill uh, that a lot of people that I like I'm around do not have thanks for saying that so, I don't yeah. think I knew that about myself that <laughs> helps me feel better about com- picking comedy yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like I think that your response to crying is very interesting yeah. I that you the logic yeah. that you apply logic because that is such an important thing to me and I think people do perceive that as coldness whereas I perceive it as like a, a wonderful use of your brain yeah. uh, you don't let emotion dominate you but that doesn't make you cold or unwilling to help I think yeah. that's a very wonderful thing to to embody and, and practice uh, alright cool 32 Oof. what if anything is too serious to be joked about I don't want to say nothing I mean, I think there's always a way to approach uh, any topic. My uh, reflexively, I want to say rape, but I I don't think it's impossible to make a good joke joke about rape. It's just I don't feel the need to. Yeah. Personally, um, if somebody made an excellent joke, jo- like a, like a thoughtful joke, yeah, one that didn't um, punch down on either well either side on the person I'm being raped, rape, like yeah. you can punch down the rapist. Yes, they deserve absolutely that. Absolutely. If I if we could figure that out, that'd be great. But like, yeah, I just it's something that I just think I don't need to go there necessarily. Hundred percent, same page. I will joke about nearly anything. I, I try to stay away from like debilitating diseases. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. You're just yeah. You're just a victim. There's just a victim. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's made, made that and like just handicap people as well. Yeah. I feel like people like make jokes all the time about like autism and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know what your experience is with it, but I'm like. I don't think you fully understand it, and it's right. like kind of offensive. What you like, and I hate that like judgmental quality that I like. Ha- I, like I hate that like I always am like, well, let's check all the sources, make sure we're not getting everybody offended. I feel like if I'm not a little bit riled yeah. up, I'm not enjoying what I'm like doing. But yeah. there needs to be like the smart, tasteful way to make the mm-hmm. joke, and I feel like, especially in the open mic circuit, there's so many people that just like don't have that like muscle. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I, I used to get frustrated when I first started out. I felt like I had to be 
called out a lot for being too mean or maybe yeah. accidentally un- yeah. or un- not accidentally, unintentionally punching down or not being aware of when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I used to get frustrated. Yeah. And then I thought, no, this is making me better. This yeah. is making me a better comedian because if I'm, I think if you're punching down, you're making a really easy joke most of the time. Yeah. And there's a better joke behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing I think that needs to be joked about mm-hmm. is uh, periods because if I have to go to open mics and listen to uh, 45 minutes of jizz jokes, like you can listen to one period joke. True. Is, is my feeling on it. A lot of people that I've either like been friends with or like gone on dates with will like mention their period, and I see that look at like, oh, is he gonna react to it? And I'm just like, nah, you're a human person. Yeah, and, right. Like this is a thing that happens. Like, I, my, I when I go and buy tampons, yeah. I several times have had someone like brown bag my tampons, and I'm like, the next time you do that, I'm gonna take one out and pretend to smoke it. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> this this is just a normal thing. You don't. Brown bag the toilet paper. All right, I'm gonna get riled up yeah. again on this one. Comics on watch. Right. Question 33. Ooh, we're almost at the end. Okay. Question 33. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? Honestly, this is a hard one. That's a tough one. I think it's two very transparent people. It's like, I think yeah. I've told everyone everything. Yeah. I feel like I could tell my mom I love her more. I do it all the time, but yeah. I would want to have said like to my family I love them again and like my friends. I want to have left like a letter somewhere being yeah. like, hey, this question thing set me up to die this evening. Yeah. Really, this really wasn't my choice. Should um, we? <laughs> wait, are you guys going to kill us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the killing portion. Silent for four the minutes and the rest of your like, life. The next question is going to be like, would you prefer to be stoned <laughs> while conscious? Or? Do you like cremation or do you want a nice coffin? <laughs> <laughs> there are hard questions. <laughs> would you like to come to this room? <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, I think that like we don't tell that people would care about. I think that people, especially I think male-to-male interactions yeah. that are, is like, I, I told my friend, yo, love you, dude. And he goes like, <laughs> stop being weird. I was like, I have to smack the shit out of you. Yeah. I just told you I love you. You better hit me back and I love you. Otherwise this relationship's say, over. I love so, you back. Yeah, toxic toxic yeah. masculinity. Is that it, absolutely. the thing we're exploring? Yeah. I like that that's on the table for discussion now. Yes. Um, yeah, just like, I think when you tell people we care about them more and People need to be okay with that. There's, we're so okay with talking about such weird things. Yeah. But, like, general basic human emotions that, like, are dictated by the brain and also just societal function. Like, we should be able to be like, hey, I love you. And they're like, hey, don't be weird. Like, Yeah, it's like, not weird to express your love for exactly. another human, especially yeah. if you love them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not going to, like, just drop love as if it's, like, it yeah. means nothing. <laughs> right. I, I tolerate you. It's not going to be, like... I, a thing that I'm just going to wrap around I saying either. see you. Yeah, you exist. You exist. I acknowledge your existence. <laughs> yeah. um, I would want to, I think I tell my parents I love them even when I'm mad at them a lot, but mm-hmm. I would like to, them to know specifically, like, you did a good job. Mm-hmm. We don't agree on everything. Yeah. You were good, you are good parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't agree with where you stand politically today. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with every choice that you make, but in terms of, like, raising humans, you didn't do a bad job. Yeah. Like, and I think that's important to know because being a parent seems like it's so, you're constantly questioning if you're doing it right, are you fucking this person up? Are you mm-hmm. setting them up for success Absolutely. or failure? And yeah. it's like, we're like set aside all the negative moments in our interaction. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, gold star to them for parenting. That's good. Awesome. Ready for it. Home stretch. 
Question number 34. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? It's getting very destructive. I know. These are all mortality based yes. in some way. Yeah. Um, I just, I very work very hard not to have an attachment to things mm -hmm. because I always have the memory of the thing and that's important to me. Any book I have, I can replace. Every photograph is backed up somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I own anything that's that unique. So if I'm going to choose something, it would be based on reflexive sentiment in the moment and I could see myself grabbing the copy I have of the cookbook that my grandmother hand wrote for the family. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, we, I only really um, encounter those recipes at Christmas time, but it kind of unintentionally I think shares so much of who this woman was, someone who I feel, even though I never, I, she died when I was two years old, but I feel sometimes the closest to her out of everyone in my family. Mm -hmm. Just everything that I hear about her makes sense to me in terms of how she behaved and how she interacted with people and um, so I think that I would like in a moment of reflexive sentiment I would grab that in a cookbook um, even though there are several copies of it that exist in our family and I could get another one yeah well talk about my home here if it's Brooklyn I didn't I haven't like really adorned my room with anything that right. like Ikea is still gonna make money so it'll be <laughs> yeah. fine uh, I, I mean like yeah I also try not to be too attached to like materials and stuff like that so uh, I think like the one thing that I would definitely save is my mixer because I DJ uh, oh okay I thought you a, meant like a KitchenAid mixer I was like you bake <laughs> interesting <laughs> no. Uh, no my uh, mixer for DJing mostly because like I love music um, mm -hmm. I feel like people especially in New York they want to hear like the new hip hop and rap and, like, yeah. I'm like that's cool uh, but like last night I got to DJ a party where it was like they wanted like hip hop and rap and all this sort of stuff and then at the end of the night when everyone's like kind of like you know coming down from whatever they were doing at yeah. the end of the night I was just playing like this like smooth softer music that mm -hmm. like and I like had slower transitions and it was just like supposed to be an experience and I think like those moments like that like in my head I'm just like this is just like really fun. like I'm enjoying mm -hmm. it like I've never like done drugs or drank so like that's like my experience like this is just like oh this is such a good feeling it and like I'm feeling. like I'm controlling I think I'd save that one thing all right think it's 35 second to last right or wait how many questions is there 36 second to Dance. last Question 35. Of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing? Why? That is a fucked up it's question. It's a fucked up question. On like all of the levels, every level possible. If that I have is a one critique of the questions, less death yes. next time. That would be my note. I mean, I'm okay with talking about mortality, but this one's like, you're picking people. Yeah. And I'm saying it into a microphone that other people will hear. <laughs> um, dang. Oh, that's true. I just feel like we've talked about death so much. I'm like, can I pinpoint it? Oh, man. I feel like I love my family all so equally that I'd be devastated if any of them yes. were lost. Oh, God. Yeah, like, can we preface that? In case a family member is listening, I would be sad if any of you die. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Dad, Aisha, I do have a favorite. Uh, I'm not going to say it on this cause of the show. Yeah, because our parents are supportive and we'll <laughs> yeah, probably absolutely. listen at some point. No, I love all three of them so equally that I don't think that I can make a call. I mean, like, my if I lost my mom, my dad would definitely be able to pick it up. 
um, if I lost my dad, mom would be devastated for a long time. Same. But she'd hold it together. And my sister, if she passed away, like our family would like become so much tighter because she's like mm-hmm. a, a rock. Like we we've been through some stuff with her in the past, and we want to like make sure things are like yeah. okay. We she brought us together. She brought, it took us apart for a little bit, but brought us back together. So yeah, happen. it's a hard question. Um, I will I will answer it as honestly as possible while still prefacing that if my parents died, I would be devastated. Mm-hmm. I would be I would have the appropriate emotion emotional reaction, mm-hmm. but I sometimes can't wrap my head around the idea that my aunt and uncle on my dad's side mm-hmm. will die. Mm-hmm. They've always been just really interesting, cool characters in my mm-hmm. life. And, um, you know, because they're not my parents, we have a different, very special relationship mm-hmm. where I just feel like I can be more, they're they're liberal like I am. So I can, like my aunt was a Bernie bro. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> and so I can talk to them about things that I can't share with my parents. And I have a level of transparency with them. And they are, you know, in sort of the age bracket of being parental figures and have, uh, my aunt has children of her own, but I have more of like a friendship with them. So I think the idea that I have to lose them at some point, going like mm-hmm. either I'm going to go or they will, really sucks. And yeah. that's the closest I can get to an honest answer here. Yeah. Like I, I, that is my honest answer. Question number 36. There's another card in there? What's this all about? Oh, um, question number 36. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So much. It's multifaceted. It's an SAT question. Mm. I'm just going to take yeah. a quick look at that I have, a, I have a problem. Okay. Okay. You tell me. We'll come um, to you first. I don't know how to help people sometimes. Uh, so... One of my biggest issues that I run into is that I want to help as many people as possible, which sounds like so pretentious, but um, I want, like I've been doing as much as I can for people of color, because that's uh, one of my identities, for Muslims, one of my identities, and for immigrants, uh, also part of my identity. So um, how do you think that a person who wants to help other people should go about talking about it? Because uh, I got flack a few weeks ago for asking what can I do to be a better feminist mm-hmm. uh, because I've worked in um, rape crisis centers and I've like uh, done a lot of stuff for like battered women in uh, Ohio and I was wondering I was like I feel like I'm not doing enough I was already in like kind of like a low place for myself and mm-hmm. I was like the best way that I know to like feel better is to like go and help other people to see someone else doing better like just by science like your brain secretes mm-hmm. like dopamine you feel better reward center it's like i want to feel better but i also want to do it by helping other people feel better as well how do you think that one should go about like helping other people or like talking about it because like i feel like there's a stigma against like men who are feminists like i just identify as a feminist right. but i get branded a male feminist which has a different label entirely yeah, it's like I, I feel the white feminist thing yeah. it's like there's there I just want to be a feminist exactly um, can you explain to me what the flack was that you received about I was told that I wasn't a real feminist why um, not was it something that you said that they said no that's not no oh it, like the post was basically just like 
these are things that I've done in the past. I, now that I'm new, in New York and I have a little bit more free time, mm-hmm. I would like to like invest my time in doing this. I have to like women's self-defense classes, things like that. Right. And I want to like give my time back to like making sure that people that I care about are safe. Right. So people that like I don't really interact that much with came out of the woodworks like, well, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I was like, okay, this is really strange. I don't know why right. you guys are all jumping out to do this right now right uh but um then i got like, reassured by a bunch of other people like you're doing the right things yeah. but i've i always feel like i want to help as many people as possible yes. i don't know like what to i can't make has i still right. like rattled around my head i'm like am yeah. i doing the right thing i think like first things first cut yourself a little bit of slack because the fact that you have worked in rape crisis centers the fact that you're trying puts you streets ahead you know, you're way ahead of the curve. Community reference? Yeah, it is a community oh, reference. A thing. I was yeah. like, I was like, the people do you gonna get this? <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Um, because I worked for that show, as we all know. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cut yourself a little bit of slack because you are helping. You're helping even just by asking if you can help. Um, it's something that a lot of people don't do that I don't even do. I don't work in rape crisis centers. I don't volunteer my time, and it makes me feel like kind of a piece of shit sometimes. But um, to continue to help, I think you're doing it here. When people when people are saying like, "No, you're not a feminist," mm-hmm. under try to understand why. Yeah. Um, and then if it's something that you feel you have control over, mm-hmm. try and fix it. Um, yeah. or if you don't agree with them, that's allowed. Yeah. It's like I think that um, we all have to come to our altruism on our own, kind of, and what's what makes you feel good is completely subjective to you. I think constantly trying and understanding and evaluating uh, in terms of like what specific actionable things you can do to be more helpful outside of listening and trying to hear people mm-hmm. and not being, don't make, not making snap judgments, which I don't feel like you do or mm-hmm. not automatically going, well, no, I'm not. I'm definitely a feminist yeah. because even I do that. Or I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm a feminist. And you're like, well, what are you doing? That's not helping. Yeah. Um, just be open to that and that's you're doing a good job like you're asking you're asking the right questions and even though i don't feel like i have the the answer that's going to solve it for you i like appreciate that you you care about how you can help um that's awesome that's really cool good for you um yeah it just like it weighs on me a lot that i want to help but i feel like there's a pushback and i don't want to like do you ever uh wonder why you feel that pressing crushing need to help um i think it's for the most part that i want to make sure that as many people as possible are like safe and like have that like feel that safety because like Mm -hmm. i have so many friends who have been either sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. or just or just like been assaulted or just like have had very negative interactions with men i don't want to be that and i try to lead by an example and i taught at an all-boys school i try to like like try and like instill like the correct values in them and like try to get them to like learn about like the world in which they live and like I tried to do those sorts of things but then whenever I like say something especially in like conversations about feminism I normally like sit back and listen because Mm -hmm. I don't want to like take up the space of other people but I also want to like be able to formulate my own opinion yeah uh I feel very uncomfortable because I want to help I want to like and I've and in school I studied a lot of women gender sexuality studies and like I want to, like, use that knowledge, but I feel like I'm just being pushed back yeah. against. No, feeling heard, I will tell you, helps. I will say, after the election, I 
was so angry and I was so angry for the country. I was so scared for my friends, but I was so angry because I have, I have some wonderful male friends who I love every day, all day long, but I ended up seeing them kind of on back-to-back occasions after the election and they could not understand they're white men, mm-hmm. why, like they kind of laughed. I felt like they were dismissive of the fact that the the women in the group were needed to talk it out, needed to, to cry or be angry or have their emotions. And they were just like, I don't understand why people are so upset. And that hurts. The fact that they couldn't take, a t- took, take the time to understand that, no, you can't understand. You're a white man. The worst case scenario outcome of this administration does not apply to you. So try to understand why other people are scared. And they all voted uh, for Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all active in, in politics. They all, I think, would consider themselves to be feminists, mm-hmm. but they all were so quick to be dismissive and call us dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that that is painful to feel like you shouldn't speak, that you can't shouldn't have a voice because it's annoying or people are trying to have a good time. And you're like, I'm in a conversation with somebody else who's choosing to be in this conversation. If you also want to be in it, you have to respect the fact that we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I think never you I, what you're saying is like yes you're quiet and you're uncomfortable but you can talk just make sure that we know that you're you're hearing us and you're not here to argue with us yeah um, and sometimes working to understand can also feel like an argument where you're just like well why do you feel that way and you're like like when you're in that mood you're like I'm defensive I'm on defense yeah. this is why I feel this way fuck you yeah but yeah it's I don't know it's really. That's it. Just yeah. that was like that was my personal experience, and I will tell you, um, it it was really hard to kind of even look them in the eye yeah. a few days later because I was like, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, you can't listen to me. But that's it. Yeah, that's it's really just, it. Yeah, it's been a weird few months, but like, yeah. I think after the election, I just became like, um, oh, fuck it. I know I'm doing the right thing, and if it, yeah, and it became, but I don't want that to be lead into like Kanye-esque arrogance so like I wanted to yeah exactly every day look in the mirror it's like stay humble yeah I have to remember that too I have to constantly remember that even though I am like I carry the torch of feminism I just by virtue of being a white feminist I'm not I'm not fixing it yeah you know I'm not I'm not the solution my I'm have to help lift other people up I have a huge responsibility Mm -hmm. um but that was very similar to my problem is just, uh, to, you know, to do the inverse a little yeah. bit here. Um, I want to continue to do comedy and I want to continue to work with specifically women. Mm-hmm. And I very much want to work with women of color mm-hmm. um, and like sexual orientation. I don't like, of course, mm-hmm. you're welcome. I, I yeah. don't even like I feel sometimes annoyed that I have to spell it out. I'm like, of course, yeah. you know, I don't care what you, who you go yeah. home with. Um, and I don't know how to approach it without sounding like I'm trying to typecast or fill a hole mm-hmm. or fill a diversity quota. It's like we, uh, my team and I have a project we want to do in the new year and all we can think about is like how do you ask women of color to, to come play with you and come be part of your team and be equal uh, members with you without sounding like you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. It, it, like it yeah. feels like you don't want, you don't want to, I don't want to put a casting notice as like searching for a woman of color. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I just don't want any more white ladies. Um, I think you just did it. Um, just like what Hamilton did. Looking for like people of color for rap and do yeah. Hamilton. Like, I, is I feel, that not like directly feel, offensive? And he, the, the thing is like, it's strange because 
once again, like, people of color is, like, not a monolith. And right. I feel like everyone's experience of that's going to be very different. Like, we were talking about Trevor Noah and Tommy Lennon earlier. Some people were like, oh, it's fine. They went out. And so we were like, oh, like he's a bastard and she's a bitch. Like, that's, yeah. that's what it turns into. And I was like, no, there's, like, we there's don't no know. for nuance. We don't know what happened. We saw two pictures and we know they had an interview and they happened to be having drinks together. And it doesn't mean that anything crazy happened. It just mm. means that they probably went out like it's just like and if it did that's none of our business and it doesn't necessarily fit into the box we want to assign it yeah and everything seems to be everyone's business these days so i think that you did uh, that like reaching out is fine of course at especially at this juncture Mm -hmm. whenever like there's issues like this and like i get pulled into like shows i get nervous because i'm like am i here because i'm talented or am i here because i'm black right Am I feeling the whole, or am I being a like uh, like Sashira Zameda being hired on SNL after that whole backlash about having no woman of color on? Yeah, like I don't know how she feels about that. That is people have asked me how do I feel about that? Do I feel like something was taken away from me? Uh, not that I was ever auditioning for SNL at this point, yeah. but um, like doesn't that limit my opportunity? I was like, um, no, because. Yeah. I'm a white lady. Yeah. I don't have a problem with opportunity, and yeah. that's part of the problem. Yeah. Like I have the problem of being a woman in comedy, but we are pretty. We're pretty close to solving that. Yeah. I feel like yes, we're doing great. We have a lady <laughs> Ghostbusters yeah. now. We're fine. <laughs> I think racism, sexism's over. Sexism is over. <laughs> lady Ghostbusters. No, um, uh, but like, no, it, I don't feel like anything's taken from me. I yeah. feel like we're giving a voice to someone who deserves to have a voice. She's mm-hmm. hysterical and talented and worthy. I think if you do it and it's coming out of the goodness of your heart and you want to do it, I think you should definitely reach out. Mm-hmm. I will always say that whatever you say will be interpreted by the other person, and that's where it gets twisted. Because um, my, my problem yeah. is, like, I don't want to go and I don't want to make jokes that serve only who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's boring, yeah. and it alienates members of your audience. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that doesn't necessarily have a lot of fear about alienating white men in the audience because sometimes I take a little joy yeah uh, that's my brand of comedy it's you're just like alienating white men i'm like hey this isn't for you and people who are uncomfortable yeah. are uncomfortable because they are afraid to confront the, tr- the reality of that situation exactly. and are quick to say like well i still have things are hard for me it's like no nobody's life is easy nobody's life is is but your problems are relative to you mm-hmm. and understand your problems in the context of your privilege and what problems you definitely don't have you are a white man, you're a white woman, you do not walk down the street worried that a police officer is going to hurt you. Yeah. That sucks for everyone else who has to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so just understanding those differences and just in, in the like the fact that you mentioned that you feel like on guard when you walk down the street. Yeah. I mean, I feel that at late at night when I'm walking alone. Exactly. And that's my journey and that's my whole thing. But the fact that you feel that towards something that is supposed to be a symbol of safety and protection, mm-hmm. that's that's horrible. Well, we should be able to call those things out. Yeah, I feel like we uh, spend a lot of time talking about the differences between groups, but we don't talk about the similarities at right. all. Because like, um, somebody got really mad when I saw, I made a joke about like sitting down during like the national anthem because I saw a police car like cut someone in line at McDonald's mm-hmm. and she got really mad because her husband's police officer. I was like, I understand why you'd be upset, but you have to realize that like the same way that you would be uncomfortable walking yeah. around the streets late at night and a man comes up to you. Yep. That is the situation with me and a police officer and it has happened. And I like the last, I think about like my family and my friends stuff like that. Like, and if you can't fully understand mm-hmm. that, I don't know how to help you. Exactly. So, and that was, uh, I think one of the more uh, poignant po- uh, points that I heard Trevor Noah make, but I know has been made a million times yeah. is 
Yeah, so kneeling during the national anthem, sitting during the national anthem, not okay. Yeah. But when we walk in the streets, it's a riot. Like yeah. how, how how do you do want we, us to protest? How do you want us to protest? You have to give us a voice, mm-hmm. but you seem to not like that we're talking at all. Yeah. Um, and so that's just oh, like sit during the national anthem. That seems like a very peaceful way to protest. Yeah, so. it's. A, a lot has happened, but, yeah. but to to like not, I'm not gonna say like this is this your, your problem's not gonna be like right. fixed very quickly because people will interpret it differently. Yeah. There's some people will be like, I don't want to be at a team with white women. There's gonna be people who are like, oh great, a spot. Then they're trying to make some people. Right. Some people will look at it that way, and there's some people who will be very upset that like they're, you're you're marginalizing this group of people, like you're making those others and adding them to your team. But that's like do their interpretation the people that you, that want to be on your team will come to you people right. who don't may have their opinion of you but then it's going to be unfounded because a lot of people have opinions without doing their research or even trying to understand what the other people do they like yeah. I have a lot of friends who will say like crazy things I'll do my best to articulate work. that I am working to look, look with talented people yeah. and I we have enough talented white ladies yeah. is the problem. Yeah. So we would like to find, because it helps us with our, our wokeness. Yes. <laughs> because we have a sketch that is a, like does call out the fact that we're white women and it calls out that we're not the solution to the problem, but it's starting mm-hmm. to make us feel like we're those all white male improv teams that yeah. you see all the time. And you're just like, oh, congratulations. There's another one. Yeah. We just don't want to become that. Yes. Um, cool. Absolutely. So, I mean, you guys just finished... 36 questions. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Do we get a certificate? Oh, we didn't make certificates. Oh, there is one more aspect to this uh, psychological experiment, though. And then certificates. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to make certificates <laughs> okay. while you guys are doing it. Perfect. Um, but in order to solidify the relationship, you have to look into your partner's eyes for four minutes in complete silence. And it's going to be hard, and you might squirm, you might even laugh, but uh, you hopefully will learn an incredible amount. Yeah, and we will time you, and for those people listening, uh, we might cut this down because nobody wants to hear four minutes of silence, Uh, but rest assured that they will be staring at each other for four minutes. If if you find out I have a weird eye disease while looking at me, please tell me. Eyes weren't my specialty. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Mm I blink way more than you do. Hmm? I blink (laughs) way more than you do. I I started to get feel self-conscious about it. No, this is very unsettling. (laughs) Were you saying it felt faster than you thought? Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of. Because I remember the two minutes where we were telling our entire life story felt so fast. Mm -hmm. And this was only two of those. Mm -hmm. But it felt longer. I just want to reiterate that you guys did not know each other before you came in here. No. You've been through... A lot of personal questions. How, I mean, what is your relationship now, you know, compared to meeting a few hours ago? Well, I definitely feel like we should be friends on Facebook or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think the next step <laughs> yeah. is definitely like, definitely like Facebook. I think that like, I know a lot of like more personal details than about like, why you do the things that you do right. than like the things that you actually do. Like I know you're going to add agency and I know that you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, write comedy in your own like I know that but I don't know any of those other people so we didn't really talk right. about that we talked mostly about like 
each other and like what yeah it's almost like you don't have context for how those things play out in yeah. the day to day i feel the same way i'm like i'm like oh i should go to your see you do uh stand up because it would be nice to see that in action um so yeah new audience member same yeah, <laughs> yeah right what was that what were we doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so white. I don't know. No, that wasn't. That wasn't even. I okay. Right. <laughs> I'm just like I do like the straight up high five. I was experimenting. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. For those people listening, they just did a cool handshake thing. Yeah, there were like, uh, no. like seven hands involved. We tried, and I messed it up. <laughs> so were you guys surprised? I mean, again, you were complete strangers. Were you guys surprised how open you were with each other? I was excited to know that you were open back um because yeah. coming into this i was like i am an open book when someone asks me a personal question i don't care i will go for it Same. um and to have that coming both ways mm -hmm. was was a treat yeah to, to be honest that was awesome yeah i enjoyed that like you're very transparent i feel like people think that i'm seriously don't want to talk to me about deep <laughs> things they're like i don't know what's going on in his head because like they don't want to talk about the deep things with me. And but I you're not judgmental. Yeah, you're I'm not so, judgmental. Yeah. So that's like, a, I think if they are sensing like a, a reserved quality, yeah. it's not the same as like, don't talk to me for, out of fear of judgment. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I fear in a conversation is that somebody doesn't understand what I'm trying to tell them and judges me for it. Yeah. So did you see value in the experience? You feel like it's something that you would think about doing again with someone you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that they're they're deep personal questions, and while I might like remove one or two of the mortality questions, yeah. I think that there are things that are valuable to know about people, especially yeah. if you do have more context for the kind of person. If you've been on a couple of dates and yeah. you're just like, let's grab a bottle of something and do this, yeah. you know. Um, and like, not to pressure anyone into falling in love with me, but yeah. it was just like, oh, I like knowing how people's brains work. And this is a really fascinating experiment in that. Yeah, I think that um, every dating app, like people should, they're like, hey, get <laughs> throwing a free card. You signed up, you have to pay this much a month. You should like definitely like uh, get this like pack of cards and like try this. Yeah. I think more people would like, because I think that a lot of, this is just my personal opinion, a lot of relationships like through like Tinder and stuff like that, like don't like there's this weird like weird social contact like oh i'm on here kind of broken up but maybe also for a relationship like right. it's weird so i feel like this is like a nice way to like get to know that other person but yeah. like i'm afraid that everyone's just like swipe right oh want to meet up and then do this game and then fall in love and get married and then yeah i mean like that i think that was the other fear is just like oh my god am i about to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it's also just like, oh, uh, I came in here. I was joking with these guys when I first walked in. I was like, I'm either, I'm either gonna get married or find a mortal enemy because there's, like, can there be middle ground? Yeah. But, like I feel like it's the making of a. Like, we're obviously, yeah. yeah, a great friendship. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, it is a great friendship. Yeah. Not enemies. That's not a enemy. relief. <laughs> I'm not gonna get murdered. I was joking like. with myself outside yeah. that I was gonna find an enemy in here, and I was like, uh, turns out it was Dick the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is no. your enemy. Obviously, he wants yeah. to kill us. Yes, so. I mean, so and many. You're both gonna marry me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Well, do you have any other questions? No. Um, so now would be the time, since you guys are both stand-up comedians and sketch comedians, to plug your shows. Where can people see you and meet you? I'm sure a lot of people listening are, you know, very interested to hear what your material sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, we uh, I work with a sketch team named Margarita Wilson, all ladies. 
and we just finished our last show of 2016, but we're working with The Pit to book more dates in 2017, so stay tuned. But I'm always on Twitter. Uh, it's at Ashley Sather, so just my name, because I'm super creative. That's a little <laughs> bit of my ter- material right there. It's all built into the name. So yeah, then I'll announce stuff probably the night of, because I really want people to come. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I do stand up a lot. I'm working on a film called Hashtag about police brutality uh, through the lens of like a comedian who's being forced to like make light of this terrible situation. Uh, you can uh, find information about that on my Twitter, which is also my first name and last name, which I'll have to spell. M A M O U D O U N D I A Y E on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I don't have any big shows like really coming up I do some sketch comedy the team called uh, Deadass uh, yes I love Deadass yeah alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also um, I'm on an improv team called That's Dinner thank you guys for listening to our very first podcast our very first podcast is done. we did it if you want to be a part of the 36 questions podcast you can email us at 36qpodcast at gmail.com and we'll be uh, putting these out every week. Yeah, we want to help you guys fall in love. So thanks again for listening, and hopefully we'll hear you. So thanks we again. We, we don't have a tagline yet. Let's face <laughs> it; it'll come naturally. Right, right. Cool. Love. Love. <laughs>